I should start by saying that uh, many congratulations are in order. I mean, firstly, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have kind of asked you this already, but like what's going through you right now with with such a massive, I don't know, should I say weight on your shoulders because it's it's a big it's a big deal. I think to be honest, the weight is not on my shoulders. I think we've already delivered. The weight is when we're in the middle of production and we have the challenge of delivering something exquisite. So frankly, we've already done our job and and have delivered the work uh, to the satisfaction of the filmmakers. Uh, Yeah. Who are incredibly proud and happy about the work which is to me a relief that's always great. Right. Uh, now it's excitement is actually just looking towards uh, what lies ahead and being enthused about As Indians we have a amazing you know way of uh, kind of just putting this weight on you know the people who go to the Oscars. <laughs> so, I can't imagine how you're feeling. <laughs> But man you uh, you know been nominated in the Oscars for the best visual effects category. Uh, you guys recently picked up something with BAFTAs as well. This seems to be like a like a regular like a regular day for you guys. But I'm sure you're very proud of your teams uh, for sure. No it is a absolute momentous uh, amount of pride and and, mm. and happiness about the fact that we you know I, and I say that to my teams all the time because we're in a project business we got to make sure that you know you're only as good as your last project yeah. and the fact that we keep raising the bar on that is uh, is tremendous because right. that's uh, ultimately what the world cares about in the world that we live nobody remembers what you did 10 years ago yeah it's all about what did you do what was your last project and how good did that look mm. and how well did you deliver it and that's uh, therefore a great feeling i mean i have to ask you personally i mean as part of a generation in a uh, filmmaking family you know what was it like to kind of take over the business i mean was it something that came to you naturally i mean talk us through you know your your early years and how eventually like that changed for you so i come from what's a three generation film family background where grandfather cinematographer father's a film producer you know and then i wanted to be a film director actually i did not right. want to be in the book. so this was a startup garage startup that happened in 1995 you know upon my father's advice that hey you should rather than trying to make movies why don't you bring technology to to the filmmakers of the country and see if that helps uh you know give you an interesting ability to not just leap forward but also then ultimately make your own content and that sort of was good advice uh, that i as as every rebel son does not like to take from the father i <laughs> joke about it and say, i did listen to my father and i did what he asked me to and uh, you know it it sort of worked out really well in that regard right But, uh, you know we are now at a place where we can say we're comfortably the largest uh, creative house in the world in what we do and uh, have had the good fortune of winning more oscars than anybody else so it's yeah. uh, all in all a good outcome Music, great conversation, and a whole lot of K. Welcome to Bangalore's personal ray of sunshine. You're locked into Good Morning Bangalore with K. One world, your station. Hi, this is Namit Malhotra, the Chief Executive Officer of Visual Effects, Animation, and Stereo Conversion Company, DNEG. DNEG has been nominated in the Oscars Best Visual Effects category for its work on Dune and No Time to Die. We'd love your support. So send us all your love and wishes. You're listening to me on 94.3 Radio 
One World, Your Station. Bringing you all the updates from the Oscars this year. You're listening to Good Morning Bangalore with K. The only kind of sunshine you need every morning. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. You know, um, not many people actually, I mean, when you tell people that, hey, like uh, like an Indian and an Indian company has done this, like for a lot of people out there, it still comes as a surprise. They're like, what connection does an Indian company have with like, say, Hollywood and doing Dune, The Matrix, Resurrections, No Time to Die? But we've actually got, India's one of the biggest markets for the same, right? And we've been constantly pushing the envelope and delivering cutting edge quality work to a lot of studios across Hollywood. In my, in your opinion, when did that really change? And when did we literally raise the bar? Do you remember a recall a time that you felt like, okay, we've, we've done something epic? I think this kind of started after the, it's only happened in the last decade, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because I started my journey in 2005 and six. And then what I found was that there was obviously a massive amount of resistance in the West. Yeah. Because they did not know India. They did not know how good we would be. Indians had not really penetrated in Hollywood like we had in the Silicon Valley or in the financial services in New York or in the pharmaceuticals business or doctors or whatever. Indians were not, even though we have a hundred year old legacy in filmmaking, somehow Hollywood and India never really collaborated. And even today on the production side, I don't think we do as much as we can. Right. That being said, you know, I felt like it was upon me to take that as an opportunity. That's what an entrepreneur does is you see something that's not happening and you sort of find a way to try and build or bridge the gap. Bridge the gap. Right. And it's only in the, you know, kind of after the 2010, 2012 timeline where we started to see more and more of that work with the use of digital tech and the world becoming smaller, better connected with the internet and high speed internet with India that it started to make a, a play for uh, that to become a reality. And now I believe, you know, it's it's only one direction. Like, I don't think uh, the future of uh, India is uh, as strong and as big as it as we can keep it going. And I don't right. think there's anything that can set us back Super. Uh, from that standpoint. That's good to hear. And, and from a perspective of, you know, doing uh, Dune and No Time to Die, uh, I'd love for you to talk us through what that was like personally, because these are two movies that are so different from each other with studios that want completely different things. So what was that experience for you guys at DNEG kind of, uh, you know, doing it? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, it's fair and you picked up on it correctly that they are, they couldn't be more different in yeah. a sense. But, you know, you've got Bond, which is uh, a very, you know, it's the most iconic character in the history of the movie business that's sort of built on the credibility of... Uh, that happens as a real thing. Like James Bond does it. You know, they go and shoot in different places. Yeah. They use a lot of time, effort, energy, money to really make that one extra bit to push the uh, physics of what is possible every time to make that happen. And so our challenge on Bond is like, hey, whatever we do, you got to make sure that whatever is being added by visual effects cannot take away from that. You cannot overshadow what physically would have happened or what physically was possible. And so our goal in Bond is to stay very true to that, you know, vision that the uh, franchise and the and the character has and has had, which is basically the ability to be seamless and absolutely in, 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 uh, ingrained to what has been shot. Right. Uh, in fact, to me personally, you know, I can tell you a personal incident in the last climax car chase. I don't know if you've seen the Yes, film, I have. I have. Where you see these five Land Rovers that fly and land on the ground. And I yeah. was like, wow. When I saw that shot, I was taken aback. And I actually 
queried because I because I'm confused whether they, did they actually shoot it or did we have anything to do with it? And when I'm, when I found out from my team that hey, we had actually those that's our shot, I couldn't believe the fact that I thought they had actually shot it. Right. And it turns out that we did a lot of that work and it is absolutely seamless. So it's a it's an example of what Bond sort of stands for and what we were able to do in that. Looking forward to partying on the weekend is so yesterday when you have a party on the airwaves every morning. Every morning. You're with Kay. Uh. One World, your station. This is Good Morning Bangalore with Kay. When it comes to Dune, that's a whole other conversation for me because... In my journey of being a film, I don't want to call myself a geek because I'm not that, but uh, I'm incredibly passionate about cinema. I believe that Dune is sets the standard for visual effects before Dune and after Dune. Like, right? When you watch Dune, it's not, oh, look at that sequence or that shot or that that's a wow moment. It's like you watch Dune and and the qualitative, the way they've assembled the whole production design, the camera work, the soundtrack, the visual effects. It's all ingrained so seamlessly into that world that you just you don't even think about the wow of it. You just think about the character and the story and and the experience that you're having. And it never takes you out of the movie. It actually the more you watch it, the more it takes you in. It pulls you in. And that to me is uh, frankly in my life. Uh, you know, like I've been inspired by many high-end experiences, like whether it was Jurassic Park for the first time or Avatar or you know some of these iconic films. I believe Dune sets that standard and benchmark where people will remember uh, that it's a technical and a creative achievement of a very different order. And I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved on that. Awesome. And you know, a lot of people uh, generally, I mean, when you're working on something like this, you generally have a couple of favorite uh, favorites. But you've had a very long career for me to ask you to pick a favorite, but I'm going to do do so anyways. Do you remember a very memorable moment in the entire, you know, in the career graph that you recall and be like, oh man, that was just... That was just something that really is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. See, to be honest, my favorite director in the world is Christopher Nolan, and uh, you know, I've had the good fortune of meeting him a couple of times, and right. uh, I'm absolutely inspired and mesmerized by his work uh, as much as now I am with Denny Villeneuve. But uh, you know, Chris Nolan, for me to meet him and uh, see the way he has created his vision and the kind of films he's made. Uh, has been like supremely gratifying like, right. to stand there and feel like that's a filmmaker of uh, of a very different scale and substance has been uh, incredible to me shall i ask you the horrible question of pick your favorite nolan film because mine is prestige <laughs> no so i uh, i don't distinguish between it cuz i'm an absolute die hard fan yeah but uh, i love his uh, inception i love his dark knight yeah uh, series i love uh, i i've enjoyed tenet yeah. even though i don't claim that i understand all of it yeah tenet was tough to follow for me but masterpiece right amazing but to me that's the whole point that's the genius of the director yeah i yeah. may not understand it but i love it it's like uh, yeah. and, and that's what i'm intrigued by like i'm still every opportunity i get i'm happy to put it on again and 
See what I may have missed. That's what I feel. That's a diehard fan moment right there. You know you're a fan when you can put it on just like, you know, while you're, you know, snacking on something and just, you know, rewatch a couple yeah, of scenes. I'm like, okay, I'm, I may have missed this scene last time. Let's yeah. see what he's going to say here. Yeah. Namath, we are at a, at a lack of time. So I want to thank you for taking out the time. Uh, and I want to wish you guys all the very best. I mean, it's such an amazing thing. And uh, more than anything else, you know, what a journey it has been. And I wish you guys only the best in the future going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kay. It's been great talking to you. Ladies and gentlemen, get to know him off air too. Have you followed him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter yet? At Off Air with Kay. Slide into his DMs now. 94.3 Radio 1. One world, your station.